When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and the amount of sleep that I've lost thinking about this podcast... And I'm Avsidensky, and I stuck a doll's head down my pants, doctor. It feels good to me. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We're here today to talk about Season 2, Episode 7, The Doll, which originally aired on November 5th, 2001. Uh, we talked about last at the end of last episode, The Doll, by sort of the cumulative rankers of Curb episodes on the internet, one of the most beloved episodes of all time, really. And, um, you know, we'll get into it. I like this episode, but I'm not sure if I, if I think that it's as great as people say. Yeah, I had the same reaction. I mean, we we kind of like at, as we were closing last episode, I was noting how like you were like really hyping it up based on the consensus rankings. And I was like, all right, like I'm really excited to see this episode. It sounds like this is going to be the best episode of Curb, and I thought it was a very good episode of Curb. But like, I don't think it. I would be surprised if this is the best episode of the Curb because I don't think it's even the best episode we've seen so far. I think it's I think it's up there. You know, I think it's near the top. Um, I just don't think it's actually at the top, and I think we have a lot more better episodes coming. Um, for my memory. But, you know, I guess we'll get into it a little bit, but I thought it was, uh, it, it didn't quite live up to the expectations based on that ranking. Yeah. And, and the reason I bring this up now at the top of the episode is I want us, as we go through it, to also sort of try and think about what is it that makes this so beloved to, I don't know if it's a general consensus or, or just to so many rankers that I found on the internet because. I'm a little I'm vexed, as they say. So, so there is one thing about this episode that I'm not sure if you remember uh, that is extraneous to the episode itself. It's do, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, the episode uh, where he goes to the Dodgers game is what I thought is the kind yeah. of episode where I would think that. So, but. this episode shows up in an episode of The Sopranos. Remind there's me an epi- or when? There's an episode of The Sopranos where Junior is watching TV and he's watching Curb. And I don't remember the exact details, but he thinks that Larry David is him. And he gets like all confused. It's like right before he's going on trial oh, okay. or something. I mean, I, I remember when Junior starts to get confused. I don't remember him watching. Yeah. Curb, so, it's, it's, so, so he's watching this episode. Okay. So you think so, that influences people's rankings? I, I, I don't think that's it, but like that's that's like the 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 one thing that is like very I guess okay. significant about this episode is that it shows up in like one of the most beloved HBO shows of all time. Um, but like, yeah, that's not enough well, I would to argue justify. That every episode of Curb shows up on one of the most yes. beloved. Yes, fair, 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 fair. <laughs> you got me. Uh, by the way, I have another update. I, I asked Doctor Jen if she uh, what she thinks about people thinking that she's similar to Cheryl, and she laughed oh. and immediately agreed. Oh, okay, all right. So I I nailed that from the beginning. And I said, why? Because you uh, falsely accuse your husband and blame him of things that are never his fault or that are frequently not his fault. And she's like, no, everybody should have sympathy for me because I'm married to a crazy person. So. Yeah. Um, she also like has a similar look to her. Like, not exactly, but there's something like maybe I think her hair is similar and like her cheekbones are similar. I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, I one thing. Them, what, I said, listen, it didn't end so well for the two of them, so you better watch out. 
<laughs> yeah, very true. Um, you said this episode originally aired on November 5th, 2001. I have in my notes that it was November 4th, which is my little sister's birthday, which is the only reason I noticed it. But now you're telling me that's not true. I was, oh. I was excited to wish, wish her a happy 11th birthday. Well, now, now, now I have to Google it and make sure. Did I, is it my math just wrong? Did I forget how many days are in the month of October? Because that's entirely possible. Uh, the doll, curb, Googling, Googling, Googling. November 4th. Oh, you're correct. There you go. All right. Happy happy uh, 11th birthday, little sister. Yeah, maybe October that year only in 30 days. Or maybe I just can't do math. No, that's not a thing. Yeah, most, <laughs> most likely the latter. Don't we decide how many days are in a month based on you know when uh, two different people see the new moon over Jerusalem or something like that? Yeah. Is that not, yeah. not how it's No, you need, you, I think you need two sets of witnesses. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, jump into the episode recap. Yeah. Why don't we? These poor people. All right, so we're uh, we're at ABC. Larry and Julia are pitching the show. Um, the show, of course, the uh, "Aren't You Evelyn?" is the uh, working title about uh, an actress or it's me, like Evelyn. or it's me, Evelyn. Right? We get that. Uh, we get, uh, I, I, we get you, that. Second you hope time. it almost implies that they're going to lead to a fight about that because for Larry and Julia to disagree in front of the executives sort of implies that there might be conflict there. But at yeah. least it doesn't happen yet. Yeah, um, or we could get them together. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think I think "Aren't You Evelyn?" is a superior name for what it's worth. Yeah. Now that's that's the Larry one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Julia's not the writer; she's the performer. Yeah, she's yes. Yeah, stay in your lane. Um, and uh, you know the ba- the basic premise, as we understand, let's just remind ourselves, is about a uh, an actor who has was on a hit show like Seinfeld and has become so typecast in the public consensus that they can't get other work, even though they believe themselves to be a very versatile actor. Um, so the idea is very well received by the executives in the room, uh, one of which is a guy named Lane Michelson, um, who you may know as uh, – Kel- uh, what's his name? David Kelly, I think his name is, from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. Um, so did you think that this guy's name is intentionally an homage to Lorne Michaels? Um, is, is his first name Lorne? Lane. Lane? Lane, Lane Michelson. Oh, it, it's, I did it, so it, honestly, it, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, that's what I immediately thought. I was like, "Oh, this is just this is supposed to be some sort of representation of Lord Michaels because the names seem very similar." Oh, his no, name I'm is David sure David Lee on uh, on the Good Fight. Even though Larry was famously, you know, fired on SNL, fired and under and never used. Yeah, yeah. so pro- presumably Larry David doesn't hold warm feelings towards Lord Michaels. But the, Michaelson's not portrayed in the most negative. You know, he's not no, necessarily yeah. portrayed in a positive way, but it's sort of yeah. a throwaway character. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I agree. It, didn't, it doesn't really go much in a direction that confirms that. Just the name made me think that that's like eerily similar. But anyway, um, you know, so he uh, Lane mentions that you know he thinks it's a great idea, but he's not surprised because he expected Larry to come in with the home run, and he did. Um, Jeff notices Larry drinking a lot of water and asks him what the deal is, which I think is a very unusual thing for an agent to call out his client on in the middle of a meeting. But, you yeah. know, so it's like, how about maybe ask him about that later? Like, don't like embarrass him in front of yeah, but, anyway. but If we're embarrassing people, I got to say, Jeff does not look great in this episode. He, he <laughs> well, yeah, Ill. he's, he's also he's going, through a, he's going through a rough patch. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'm Googling it. There's nothing on the Internet about Lord Michelson's character on Curb and All right. Michaels. So, yeah. Um, and his name is David Lee, is the name of his character on The Good Wife. He's a very, very funny character. Mm. He's a very good actor. I like this guy. Um, anyway, Larry explains that the doctor uh, has determined that he's dehydrated and he has to drink eight bottles per day. 
of water, and he's con- now constantly running to the bathroom, which uh, obviously is setting up a lot of the action of this episode will take place in a bathroom or adjacent to a bathroom. Yes. Uh, speaking of adjacent, uh, Lane tells them that Jason Alexander is uh, also doing a show with them about a motivational speaker. So um, I guess there's no uh, there's no HIPAA for uh, TV show executives. They just share freely about <laughs> working projects going on. Yeah, uh, I would think it's not smart just because it's far from a done deal. All they've done is had a number of meetings at ABC, of course. And I don't yes. know why you'd want to start spreading things if, if it backfires but or if it doesn't come to fruition, which I don't ever yeah. remember seeing that show on, on ABC. Yeah, and it's like it's becoming like increasingly impossible that Julia hasn't heard that Larry already like went to the well with this exact idea with Jason is and is pretending that it was her idea for her. Like, there's no way that that could be kept secret for this long. Like, eventually she's going to find out. Yeah, um, I mean, clear. But as you're watching the season, if you don't remember, it's clearly implying that we're headed for some kind of confrontation. Yes, because yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. reason to mention Jason in every single episode. Correct. Fortunately, Jason and Julia apparently don't talk at all. Yeah, at all. Or just like have agents or just people in the business in common that would hear that like Larry David is developing a show with Julia. That is the exact idea <laughs> that he was doing with you three weeks ago. But anyway, um, he, Larry, of course, uh, want, needs to do uh, some detective work. He hears about this. He asks where they've been meeting. And Lane says that Jason has come into their offices four times now. Um, anyway, the meeting wraps up, and everyone's very excited about the show. Everyone's in good spirits. Lane invites them to a screening of the Harriet Beecher Stowe two-part miniseries, um, which I tried to look up. It does not seem like this is a real thing. Uh, yeah. There was like a there was like a, a made-for-TV movie, I think, about ten or twelve years earlier. So it's probably not this. Now, what is the difference between Harriet Beecher Stowe and Harriet Tubman? Um, it's a good question. Um, Harry Peter Stowe wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yes, I'm surprised that the uh, person who doesn't believe the Civil War was a necessary war doesn't know the difference between. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, why did we fight that war anyway? It's overrated. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, Jeff mentions uh, he he's familiar with that miniseries. He says my wife's good friend was the art director on that, and I believe Lane is channeling me here. And calling Jeff out on the usage of my wife when he knows he he knows uh, his wife and says, "Oh, how is Susie?" <laughs> so I think so that's, that's what's going why on he's here. Responding that way to remind, yeah, Jeff, I know your to wife. Remind, yeah, why are you referring to her as my wife? I I know but Susie. Does, like, are you, so are you saying that everyone in the room necessarily knows Susie? Yeah, I thought about that. Um, so yeah, it's not clear, but I think um, I think what Lane is doing there is being like, "Look who's around here." You know, it's me, it's Larry, it's Julia. You could just say Susie. Hollywood's like a 25% town. Everybody knows who you're married to. Yeah, everyone knows Susie. Believe me, everybody knows Susie. (laughs) And if they don't, they certainly should. Yeah, I mean, come on. They've they've been in a room with Susie, and they became aware of Susie's presence, I'm sure, while they were in that room. Yeah. The other strange thing is, is this a ticket, like a hot item in demand that people want to go to? Because Julia clearly doesn't want to. Her excuse, by the way, very weak. She says her kid has pink eye. I don't understand why her kid having pink eye prevents her from going to a movie. Like she, yeah, she's, this is, she's at a meeting right now, so she obviously has childcare. Yes. So what's the difference in the nighttime? It should be easier because her kid should be asleep. <laughs> this reminded me very much of the uh, the Secret Code episode of Seinfeld, where Elaine makes up that she has to go to a women's right con- women's rights conference, yeah, and, and then, then George is like, "Well, I have a men's conference," and Peter was like, "Nice try." Yeah, yeah. Larry gives Julia a look. He's very jealous of Julia for coming up with an excuse for the spot. <laughs> Correct. In a way that he can't. But then again, but then Larry and Jeff and and, and a whole bunch of cast of characters in the show, Cheryl. They all willingly go to part two the next night, which seems like it wasn't a uh, expected attendance necessarily. 
Right. Although they they didn't necessarily want to go. We'll 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 see. Yeah. Okay. Um, they go relu- a little bit reluctantly, but yeah. Anyway, um, Jeff just uh, mentions in passing while uh, as part of this whole ongoing conversation that uh, him and Susie actually have split up, and he's living in a hotel. Lane says he's sorry to hear that. Jeff says, "Actually, no, that's great." Yeah. It uh, is probably great. Like living living in a hotel versus living with Susie. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's some like long term negatives that can you know could be, but yeah, in the short run, it's like it's probably better to just be in a hotel by yourself and you know. Living it up. Well, the emotional um, toll of being married to somebody who abuses you the way that Susie does, which is never really discussed in the show except on this episode, I would argue that it, it might not be uh, – the long-term ramifications might might be more harmful living with her also. But, yeah, no, but like Jeff doesn't seem like a guy who wants out of the marriage or out of the, out of the family, like, you know, in, in, the, in the totality of the show. So, um, you know, he, he seems to, you know, understand Susie for what she is and overall be accepting of her. So therefore, you know, in the short run, he's not having a good time in the hotel. In the long run, you know, if, if, assuming he wants to get back into the marriage, there's going to be some hard roads ahead. Yeah. But anyway, um, everyone's invited over to uh, Michelson's house for an after party as well. And... That's, oh, that's when Larry has asks the question you referenced earlier about what the difference is between Harry Beecher Stowe and Harriet Tubman. Yes. Which uh, no one responds to because I guess nobody knows. Um, so we are uh, – we'll be at the screening now for a while. We're, uh, we're initially outside and Larry's telling Cheryl that he thinks they're due to have some sex tonight. Cheryl jo- uh, jokingly asks if he has penciled that in without telling her. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess this could work. This could work. You never know. Uh, Jeff comes over and he says it's about to start, but he saw Susie. So he's going to go try to go in through uh, a different entrance because he wants her to uh, not know that he was there. Uh, Larry said, you know, he's basically on board. I'll try to keep the secret. Lane comes over to introduce himself to Cheryl. He tells her that they're excited about the show and reminds him, you know, remember, we have the after party over. You know, Cheryl's, you know, aware of the after party. If she hasn't, wasn't already, which you never know with these two. Um, Larry and Cheryl are both like they're very. Uh, they notice how how much energy Lane has. They're you know he's. Well, I think they suggest maybe he just recently had a cup of coffee or some sugar or something. Um, so they're you know heading into the theater and there's a woman standing right outside the door. Um, this is uh, her name is Amy. She's played by Marin Dungey. She was uh, Jennifer Garner's like best friend and roommate on Alias. And she he tells she tells Larry, oh by the way, there's you're not allowed to drink or bring any uh, water into this theater, so you have to drink that out here. Larry, you know, says you know I have a condition, I'm supposed to drink a lot, um, but like she's like no, there's no water, and so he's like fine, I'll finish out of here, send the Cheryl in to get the seats. But he says uh, it in a way that makes it sound like he's lying. He's like, what if I have a serious condition? It's like, it's very strange. It's very strange, but also he's just, like, very thrown off because, like, you know, the, the like, what, what he perceives to be the, a, a worker is, like, you know, telling him he can't. Yeah. So. Uh, by the way, this Amy is early leader in the clubhouse for worst person on the show ever. Oh, yeah. She's very bad. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Uh, when, you, when, when one attends a wedding, uh, especially an Orthodox Jewish wedding, the way it usually starts is you have the, you know, the, the cocktail hour, and then the cocktail hour leads into the reception. And um, my my patented move is I always because honestly wedding receptions themselves like you know the part where people are standing under the altar is completely boring and is of no interest to anybody other than the two people getting married and I you know I openly told my friends before my wedding I said listen guys you know I don't know I'd be on your phones talk gamble do whatever you want I couldn't care less like you know this is for me and my wife and our family um, unless you're literally one of the people up there being called up there in which case hopefully pay attention. Uh, so I always try when I'm when I'm entering the the recept the the ceremony part 
And also, obviously, the bar, which is open during the cocktail hour, is closed during the reception. So I always try to make a point of double fisting, of bringing a glass in in both hands into the cocktail hour, into the ceremony, so that I'll have something to drink for that 20 to 30, 40, whatever minutes of boredom. And I've become very adept at how you subtly hold the glass very low because sometimes they have ushers who are at the door telling people that they don't want people to bring uh, you know, glasses, drinks into the ceremony. But the much worse part, which has happened to me, is when people have said, oh, you can't bring that in there. And then I look around and I realize they don't work there. They're just like a random, like, you know, friend of the bride's mother who's just acting like Amy here. So this has happened to me. And I I really take offense. So this Amy, unforgivable behavior. Yeah. In general, I really have a distaste for people in these sorts of circumstances who, like, assume, like, leadership slash just, like, being in charge and making the rules when no one has put them in charge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's 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 a bottle of water. (laughs) Yeah, it's also right. And like, like who, who the hell? Who are you? Yeah. Yeah, it's also anyway. a movie theater, uh, our screen room. So a little unusual, but I don't know. Yeah, anyway, so uh, they How had on in. that was the role, by the way, if she, if she just happened to. <laughs> yeah, it's unusual. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a funny dynamic because that character does exist, even if this exact situation yes. doesn't yes. uh, work exactly right. Despicable person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Cheryl says uh, he she's uh, left him the aisle so that if he needs to run out and pee again, he'll be able to exit easily. Um, all of a sudden, Larry notices the woman from the door is sitting a row or two in front of him, and he, he starts getting very confused. So what's her deal? Does she work here, or is she a guest? Like what? We, and he uh, he tries to get her attention, and you see the uh, amazing look on Cheryl's face of just like uh, like she knows like there's about to be like a Larry altercation. Like he just wants to like crawl underneath her chair. I love that face. Um, and Larry asks her, uh, Amy, do you work here? She says, no. He says, then why, why did you tell me to get her in the water? He, she says, well, that's the rule here. And Larry protests that, you know, that's not your concern. If you don't work here, like you have basically, you have no jurisdiction to tell me, uh, where to bring water or where not to bring water. And, you know, they go on and on. He's claiming she doesn't have standing. Hers, she says, rules are rules. And why shouldn't they apply to Larry? Larry accused of her of being a hall monitor and the kid who reminds a teacher to give homework. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is By the way, just... sitting and fighting with someone a row away in the theater, we saw this in season one, obviously, with Richard's girlfriend. Yes. It really is insane behavior on Larry's part also. Yeah, I mean, he it's could... It's almost he like could... engaging with a stranger on, on Facebook, which, you know, we were talking about before we started recording. There's no upside here. Just yeah, I mean, person. yeah, I mean, you've already like lost yeah. on a practical level. Like, you drank the water; it's gone; it's over. Like, what? Yeah, what are you going to gain from just like picking a fight with a stranger here? Yeah, um, yeah, but you know, then there wouldn't be a show, and yeah. you know, we like seeing Larry doing yeah. these things. Um, so anyway, uh, I guess they've seen the uh, the movie, and they're over back at Lane's house, and Larry's telling you know he's regaling Jeff with this with this story. Uh, again, wondering is she a guest? Does she work there? Jeff agrees this woman is obviously insane. Uh, he points her out, and Jeff's like, "Oh well, just you know, she, the person she's speaking to right now is Ann Michelson, played by the great Rita Wilson." Um, do you think that it is, is inappropriate for us to be covering an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm in which Rita Wilson appears, considering that she had the coronavirus about six weeks ago? Yeah, I'm really, I'm willing to risk it. All right. This might not. This episode might not age well. Yeah. Um, and that uh, this is none other than Lane's wife. Um, this is this is the rare occasion I would say, not only on Curb but probably on TV in general, where a person plays a character where her main her main thing is that she's married to someone, and that person is the, like the head of ABC or a high up level person at ABC, but that person is less influential in the movie business than her actual husband. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's funny. Yeah. 
Um, so Jeff says, hey, why don't we all go to dinner together tomorrow before part two of the miniseries? Larry says, no, we don't want to go to part two. But Jeff says, he has to. You know, you're part of the ABC family now. It's the right thing to do. You have to put on a good face. Larry says, fine, but we're not doing dinner. Cheryl says, yeah, because we have plans. Larry says, no, we don't have plans. We just don't want to go with Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why he insists on being mean to Jeff, but, you know. Jeff uh, Jeff wants to go to part two because he noticed that the woman in the series has good cleavage. So, you know, Jeff is leaning into uh, his persona once again. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, Larry. Uh, Larry's offered a margarita, and he drinks it very quickly, and he gets chest freeze. Now, I have had brain freeze. I don't think I've ever had chest freeze before. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I frequently get brain freeze if something's too cold. So I'm sensitive to Larry there. However, his chest freeze theatrics are. Really oh yeah, he, yeah, he ro- overreacts ridiculously. Yeah. <laughs> Like the whole, like, everyone's coming over to, like, yeah. help, are you okay? It's like, calm down. I like, would be so embarrassed if I was Larry in this situation. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so Lane and his wife both come over, and everyone uh, introduces themselves to each other. Uh, Larry excuses himself to go to the bathroom, but the door doesn't lock. He's uh, he's trying to do some complicated maneuver where he has, like, one foot on the door and seeing if he can uh, reach the toilet. Obviously, he doesn't even come close. Uh, he realizes that he, he is in striking distance of the sink, and it looks like he contemplates peeing in the sink for a second or two, but then uh, ultimately decides probably not a great idea at a, at a friend's house. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, having served three years in Stringer Hall, I'm not unfamiliar <laughs> with sink urination, but I commend Larry for uh, for not doing it here. I, I called Amy the worst person uh, earlier. I have to amend that. The Michaelsons are the worst people. How do you not have a lock on a bathroom door when you're hosting a party? It's insanity. Yeah, well, it might have broken recently. No, but they look at they look at the, there's a close up on the doorknob, and there is no locking mechanism uh, at all. Okay, so you think this is this is a this is lacking a lock, not a broken lock? Yeah, well, I think it's pr- quite clear. Yeah, and and then the worst part, even if you know, if we're talking about how bad the Michaelsons are, or Lane Michaelson, <laughs> uh, the Lauren Michaels uh, character, according to Av, is that he will later walk into the bathroom awkwardly, as we know. Like it's one thing for a stranger at the party to do that because they wouldn't have a reason to think like, right. well, that the, the door. Yeah, might he be he should he should be knocking. He lives there. That he knows yeah. that there can be someone in this bathroom, and yet you can still open the door. So for him to go in there is completely insane. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't do a great job. Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, so Larry's, you know, you know, he's just not comfortable. You know, there's really no reason why Larry can't like pos- just like position his body in a way where like his butt is facing the door. Where it's like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, someone's going to walk in and they're just going to see, like, the, you from behind clothed. Yeah, so very – And they realize uh, that you're peeing. I, I, I appreciate that you raised that. I'm going to bring up something that I've thought of for 28 years or whatever since I first <laughs> saw this movie, which I don't know if anyone else is aware of in the world except for me. Do you remember the scene in Mrs. Doubtfire when – Yes. When he's peeing and his son walks in on him and that's how they – Yes. Up? Okay, yes. do you remember he's, how he's He's a, a he-she. He's a he-she. Do you remember how he's standing in that scene? Uh, pretty much like that. Yeah, so the way he he is not normally when a man urinates into a toilet, he is standing, you know, facing the toilet. You know, your body is is facing the toilet. In that scene, the way that Robin Williams is standing is he's standing at an angle so that his back is not, you know, parallel to the toilet, but so that his back is parallel to the door in case someone were to accidentally walk in. Now, he'd have no reason to think anyone were to walk in because if he did, he would have just locked the door, obviously. So the only reason he did it is for the actual filming because it was a children's movie and they didn't want to show Robin Williams' penis. <laughs> right. But um, I've always thought, even the first time I saw the movie, I'm like, well, why would he have been standing in that position? That's weird. And for basically my entire life, ever since I saw that movie, when I'm in an unfamiliar bathroom, I stand in that position just in case because of that movie. 
<laughs> That's funny. It's it's like a really weird thing. Like I've never, I've never mentioned this to anyone in my life. I've never talked about this out loud until this moment. But <laughs> I've I've been influenced by that scene in Mrs. Doubtfire, and I didn't even think about it here in this scene. But yeah, that would have been a perfect solution. Don't stand facing the toilet. Stand sort of on the side so that your back yeah. is worst case scenario. They see yeah. the back of you while you're peeing. And yeah, you and then they'll wrong. Yeah, and they'll quickly close the door. Like nothing's gonna even happen from there. Like yeah, it's over. It's, it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, there's no reason for him to start, you know, walk going gallivanting around a stranger's house. Not a stranger, but just like, you know, at a party, like going yeah. upstairs. Like, he shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, only bad things will result, as we will see. Um, so he goes upstairs and he sees uh, a young girl. He asks, uh, you know, can I use the bathroom over here? He goes in. He uses the bathroom. He comes back out. He, uh, he notices that she's brushing the hair of a small doll and asks, uh, you know, What's this doll? She says her name is Judy. They agree that her hair is too long, and she the girl suggests, uh, you know, maybe we should give the girl a haircut. Um, so it's funny. They initially show Larry using his uh, Swiss Army knife, but then there's like a, an edit, and when it comes back, to, it's, there's like a cut, and it comes back to him for a different shot, and he's using a pair of scissors. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So it's like – I mean it's just like a one-second thing. I just happened to notice it. Um so it's funny that uh, they obviously he, – he wasn't able to do it probably with the Swiss Army knife and then they had him do it with a scissor and then they forgot or just didn't care enough to uh, make it look good in the, in the final shot. Yeah. Um, so he says he wants to give her like a, a, Darthry, a Darthy Hamill look. Yeah. Um, my daughter and her friends have done this with a, uh, an American Girl doll, which is a very stupid expensive doll that we had to buy. Um, and some people in my house were very upset when this happened. Ah, some people. Interesting. Uh, so I have a lot of thoughts here. First of all, let's say the screening is at what time? 8 p.m.? Yeah, this girl – yeah, why is this girl awake? Yeah, by the time they're there, it's way after 10. This girl should not still be awake. Um, Larry being friendly with the Michelson's daughter is insane. He's never expressed the slightest interest in children. He actually avoids hanging out with Sammy, which is a good call. Um, so very, very odd that he's all of a sudden hanging out with a random child. And then my other take is, Av, what's your opinion of the Swiss Army knife, which Larry seems to carry in his pocket at all times? Like what? Like, there's no way that a person like Larry David who carries well, just, well, the reason I actually ask is because today, <laughs> I, 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 uh, it's it's May by the way as we're recording this. It's it's the month of May. My birthday and Father's Day are like three weeks away plus. Might as well. But uh, twice in the last week, I've opened a package and my wife has freaked out at me opening packages. No, you're not supposed to see that. And one time was I opened a package today and there was a Swiss Army knife in it and I was like, well, that's a curious purchase. And <laughs> and and my wife sort of blushed. Said, oh, you're not supposed to see that. And and. Uh, you know, I can admit to the listeners of this podcast, I have zero interest in a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Uh, unlike, unlike the wife on last week's episode of Curb, I will act very surprised and appreciative when I receive it because I'm not a psychopath or an asshole. But um, <laughs> I'm not sure why my wife thought that was a gift that I would want. Uh, maybe she watches up to Curb and thinks, well, he's like Larry. He <laughs> yeah. My parents for my 30th birthday tr- like, tried very hard to buy me like a silver menorah for, for as my birthday present for, uh, for Hanukkah. That's what you've always wanted. And I'm just like, can I like, I, I really need like a barbecue grill instead. Can we just like, can you get me that or like a new TV instead? They're like, no, that's like not a nice gift that will like last many years. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't oh, want to. literally said this stuff and they rejected it. No, they eventually complied because I'm just like, like you're not getting me a present if you get me just like some hunk of silver that I'm just going to like put in somewhere and like not even, maybe use one day a year as opposed to something that I will use every day or once a week and I will great, derive a lot of benefit from. But like, well, who are you buying the gift Didn't for? For me or for yourself? TV, then they can come over and they can watch it. <laughs> you can watch it, right. You have to leave me money in the will so I can buy a TV. <laughs> Um, now, I actually, I will say, having uh, just shat on uh, uh, behind her back the gift that my wife so thoughtfully purchased for me, when I was a kid, when I was like a camp, when I was like, you know, uh, 9, 10, 11, the Swiss Army knives were all the rage, and I loved them, and I had like 
at least two that I remember. From my bar mitzvah, I got a really cool one. It was like, it was, at a certain point, a Swiss Army knife becomes sort of absurd because it's like width was as much as its length. It was basically like a square. Right. When you get to like the really fancy Swiss Army knives, they sort of become really ridiculous. Yeah, they have too much stuff. Yeah, there was always a lot of weird, like the toothpick was always prominently involved in a Swiss Army knife. (laughs) Right. Strange. Anyway, so, but Larry apparently has one, so. Yeah, I don't have a lot of need for I don't have a lot of need for a Swiss Army knife in my yeah, life. In 2020. Uh, anyway, they, uh, well, they agree do, that Larry... If you do, by the way, uh, I know someone who will have one as of the end of next month. So. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll work, maybe we can work something out. Yeah. Inter- interesting trades, considering. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm in the market for a silver menorah. <laughs> I don't have one. I got a barbecue. Oh. Damn it. Um, anyway, um, so they, uh, Larry and the daughter agree that... I don't think she's ever named, so we'll just say the daughter... Um, they agree that Larry did a great job with the hair. Um, Larry heads back downstairs, passing Amy on the way up as he goes heads on the way down. You know, something bad is going to result from that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Cheryl comes out of the bathroom, tells Larry, there's no lock. Can you guard the door for me? All of a sudden, we hear, oh, Tara. Her name is Tara. I have in my notes, Tara screams. So I guess uh, I didn't just make that up. Tara screams, and, and uh, she comes down. She says that, you know, her doll's hair got cut. She says, Larry did it. Larry says, she told me to do it. And he assumed he, she knew it wouldn't grow back. They're, they're all, you know, everyone's giving uh, Larry a lecture. How could you possibly do that? Which is right. Like, you don't cut the hair of a doll, like, for, because some six-year-old told you to. Like, you, this is this is property of, like... The parents or the ha- whatever you, you you don't just destroy someone's property because a child said they, they thought it was okay yeah now larry has no idea how children work obviously yeah and like for all you like for all you know this doll is like a you know ten thousand dollar antique whatever like don't just cut the don't cut well, things I, in other people's house safe assumption. why would you give that toy to a child to play with now i guess you should like d- some rich out of touch hollywood person you shouldn't assume that it is but just like you shouldn't assume that like you know what no, this no, you thing is cutting it anyway but you should yeah that's my point like you 50 bucks yeah, just don't assume anything. Just yeah. don't destroy the property of, of somebody else's house Speaking without of their permission. What do you assume that Amy's job is? Because she's always around. She's always around in this house, even when they're not having parties. My guess is she's like a personal assistant to uh, Rita Wilson. Yeah, or like an yeah, or an intern or something. Oh, you thought she works for her, right? Okay, interesting. That I don't know. Well, she's home during the day. You know, later. It just but yeah. she's, she's so obnoxious uh, when um, <laughs> when Rita Wilson says like. He wouldn't tell her it wouldn't grow back. She immediately echoes, he wouldn't tell her it wouldn't grow back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, she's, she's really – well, like, what's her deal? Oh, she's just pissed at Larry because of because he called her out at the, uh, yeah, the she's movie? Just, she's just out there to uh, screw over Larry whenever Yeah, possible. she has, like, an axe to grind with Larry from the beginning. Maybe, um, you know, maybe there's some history between them. Though, I mean, she's not the only person in the current universe who has an axe to grind with Larry. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um yeah, um, and in fact, we uh, we learned that from Anne that Judy is a collector's item and it can't be replaced. And what the hell did you do? Um, they notice there's like one strand left of the hair still sticking out. Larry offers to chop it off with his knife. Yeah. Um, and but they really uh, everyone is disgusted. The entire room is just like quietly staring him in a very classic Larry moment. Yeah. Now I have to say that Rita Wilson and, and I don't know if Larry David has an issue with women, but he frequently portrays wives on this show in sort of a negative way. Yes. Like her behavior is also obnoxious. Like yeah, you know, I mean, like she, Larry like, gave it on curb acts in a way that normal people never do. But so do the people he interacts with. Like no, no normal person would be as obnoxious as Rita Wilson would be there. It, yeah, it kind of reminds me of a porno Gill's wife, actually. Yes, yeah, that's a good call. They're very similar. Um, she although, say, she, like, you have a guest at your party, you don't start getting in a huge fight with him. But like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, something. and also, this is a guest that like you know is like currently like in business with your husband. Not that like she's like you know subservient to her husband's business calls, but like you know you're this yeah, is somebody that who has the hand in that relationship. Like Larry says later, oh, I guess it's over with ABC now. It could be the other way around. Maybe ABC needs him more than he needs ABC. 
Yeah, who knows? And like, just you know, yeah, be a good be a good hostess. If somebody does something stupid, maybe you know, you could speak to them about like this. This, this is not like an emergency with the doll. Like, yeah. it's not like he he harmed the daughter in some way. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yet. Anyway, um, Jeff comes over. He's uh, placating Larry. He agrees the girl should have known better. He says he's, he says actually, you know, I think my daughter might have the same Judy doll, and maybe we can replace it. Yeah, there's a zero Larry... percent chance Jeff would notice. <laughs> yeah, it makes no especially sense. once you see how many dolls she has. Yeah, um, yeah. Unless like maybe like when they bought it for her, it was like a big deal. Like maybe like if it is like the American Girl doll, doll American Girl doll, like I would know I have that. Although I wouldn't necessarily know like the name of those whichever one. Yeah. My Does kids your doll have. have a Judy? Because I'm looking for a Judy head. Yeah, which she does not have a Judy. I like putting it down my pants because it feels I think her name, hers is named Amanda, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, Larry is basically saying, I hope, you, I hope you're right because otherwise I might have just killed the ABC deal, which is a bit dramatic, but also probably true. Um, meanwhile, Cheryl comes um, – while this was going on – I don't know how I skipped that uh, – Lane had walked in on Cheryl um, and seen whatever we'll learn that she he had seen, and Cheryl comes out of the bathroom, and she's obviously very pissed at Larry. Yeah. So we uh, we head back home. Cheryl is uh, saying how she's so embarrassed. Larry's doing a weird bit where he keeps saying, "I fact up." I don't really know what that what that's from. I don't know if you recognize that from. No, something. it's a bit, and she's not in the mood for a bit. But I'm not sure what it's yeah. for. Okay. Um, Cheryl says that Lane walked in on her at the worst possible moments. Yeah, this is very confusing. Yeah, do you know what 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 is it? I I, I could not imagine what Cheryl was doing in the bathroom. She's like, <laughs> Michaelson knows a lot about me. He saw everything. Yeah. If she was peeing, he would have seen basically nothing. He would have seen yeah, her like, underwear around her ankle. Right. And what else could she or would she have been doing in a powder room at a party in a stranger's house? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I, I'm very perplexed by this. Um, it, like later on, Larry will choose a moment in their bathroom to start examining himself. And I guess we're led to believe that's what Cheryl was doing also, but we don't know why Cheryl – But like why? You know, yeah, why? And even if so, like l- – Later we I mean, learn like, that she has an itchy vagina. That a yeah, like we're like led to sauce. believe that she was like laying like with her legs spread open. Like what? Like, what? Why would you be doing that in the bathroom? You just went to pee. Listen, sometimes mid-party, Cheryl David <laughs> just needs to go and uh, graphically masturbate. It's, I cannot understand what she was doing. Yeah, this is very strange. Again, um, whatever she was doing, for Michelson to walk into the door without knocking when he knows that he doesn't have a lock there, unforgivable. Yeah, but like I've I've been in this situation. I've been at a friend's house and you didn't realize that someone's in there. You walk in, like you don't really see anything. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and, and especially if they stand strategically, as as Alex Chester and Robin Williams do. Yeah. You see nothing yeah. except the back of you know their pants. Or if they're sitting, you don't really see anything, right? You just see like their pants kind of like a little yeah. bit below their knees, and yeah. they're just like sitting. You don't see anything. Everything's below the the cylinder. Yeah. Also, by the way, Cheryl could just you know say to Larry, "Well, I won't attend any of your ABC events in the future because I'm too embarrassed to be around him." But to right. say that Larry can't work with ABC anymore seems like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to take the show elsewhere. Yeah. Larry says, you're crazy. We're out of options. Oh, you've already ruled out NBC because of like some bullshit environment kick that you're on. Um, we, could, we can't go to HBO, obviously, as you know, because of the debacle that we had over there. Uh, but anyway, it might be moot because I might have killed it anyway because I, if I can't replace the doll. Yeah. So it's Cheryl sighs. Larry says, divorce? Is it a divorce? <laughs> Cheryl says, yeah, it's a divorce. Um, and they, uh, he, should, he should pack up his bags, but they're obviously just being playful. Uh, we head over to Jeff's house, home of the actual divorce. And okay, so here, so here's my thing with this. Here's what Larry and Jeff should do, in my opinion. Jeff should call up Susie, and she, he should say, "Hey, you know my friend Larry David, right? He created Seinfeld. A lot of our wealth is derived from his uh, career in Hollywood." He wants to make another show, and we have reason to believe that the key to closing the deal on this show is 
obtaining a certain Judy doll that we think our daughter Sammy may own. Can we come over and get the doll? Yeah, and you know what Susie's response is going to be? You it fat be... fuck. You want to steal a doll from your daughter to help no, your not steal. friend? There's no chance. You get in my house and you touch that fucking doll. Like, there's no chance it happens. So that should work. She, what, she, she doesn't like money? She doesn't care. Of course she cares. He, Gary, no, Jeff, is, Jeff I, I, is going to get 10% of this deal. All right. I want listeners to please chime in on this one and tell me whether you think that Av's right that Susie would have acquiesced or you think that I'm right that there's no chance in hell that Susie, who clearly hates <laughs> Jeff and always hates Larry, is going to acquiesce to this one. Fine. I, I do I, not think so. I do not think yeah. that's going to work. I mean, all right. That that seems like the way to go for me. But yeah. I guess well, what they do instead is they, uh, me, dog. They, uh, they sneak into the house. Um, there's nobody there. Larry's worried. Jeff says it's fine. They head into Sammy's room. There's a million dolls. They go through them, start looking for Judy. Jeff thinks he found it, but Larry says no. Uh, Judy has brown eyes. These are blue eyes, which there's no way Larry would know that. Yes, of course. Um, Larry's, all of a sudden, Larry looks across the room. He sees the Judy doll, and he grabs it, but he knocks down the shelf, makes a lot of noise. All of a sudden, Susie... So was Susie home this whole time, or did she just arrive? Unclear. I think she just Um, arrived. By the way, why would they have a, a, a shelf so high that Sammy could never reach it, that even Susie couldn't reach it, that even Jeff can't reach it, Larry can't reach it without jumping. Yeah, it doesn't make And sense. if so, that implies that Su- Sammy has never played with this doll. It's just sitting up there for display, in which case she would never discover it's headless, would never freak out. I mean, they do put it back in a lower location. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, who knows? Also, who fixes uh, the shelf? Because Jeff claims that he and Larry are shelf experts, but presumably they leave the house with the shelf not having been fixed. <laughs> Yeah, there might be some holes in their story. Yeah, uh, so Larry, the amount of time uh, I've spent wondering about that shelf. <laughs> so Larry uh, quick, acts quickly. He he pulls off the head off the doll and puts it into his crotchal region. Um, Susie comes up. She wants to know what you're doing here. So they make up a story about Jeff has been so nervous. He's been up all night thinking about that shelf. That Sammy's shelf was loose, so he came to check it. Uh, she obviously is not buying this. She asks, why is Larry there if that's the case? Uh, he says Larry knows a lot about shelves. <laughs> Put up all the shelves at his house. Yes. I mean, Susie a, tells a dumber him, lie not have, has not been said on this show in quite a while. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot about shelving. Yeah. Um, Susie tells them to get the hell out of here. By the way, she saw Jeff last night at the movie uh, as if he's trying to hide like he's Mr. Inconspicuous. Yeah. Basically, that, that's her uh, polite way of calling him a fat fuck. Oh, no, she does call him a fat fuck. No, later she does, yeah. Oh, she doesn't do that here? I think that's later. Uh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think it's Wendy Wendy when she realizes the uh, the doll is when she reacts uh, worse. Um, anyway, they're uh, they're headed over in the car. Larry pulls the, the doll out of his crotch. He asks if he if you know, do you think Michaelson's wife will be okay with just the head? Jeff says, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then Larry notes that his uh, his crotch is beginning to itch. Yeah. Um, we cut over to Jeff back to Jeff's house. Sammy is screaming because somebody cut the doll the head off of one of her dolls. So we continue along to the Michelsons and answers the door. Larry shows her the head. She wants to know, where's the body? Larry says, that's all I had. And she says, all right, you know, if you're going to hand me a head, I guess I'll see what I can do with it. And she goes to see if it'll fit. She's he very follows. ungrateful. She's like, well, we'll just see about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, he's, he's, you know, you basically told him there's no chance you can replace this. And he came back, it seems like a, the next day or so with yeah. a replacement for the exact thing that he ruined. So Miraculous. Not, not a bad job by Larry there. Yeah. Um, he starts following her upstairs. He uses the bathroom. She says, you know, why don't you use the one on the main floor? We see if there's a repairman putting in a lock. Um, Better late than never. 
Yeah, Anne comes down with the doll, and uh, it looks like it's fixed. She uh, she wonders if the, his daughter, her daughter, will notice. Larry says, if she does, she should be put into school for the gifted. Yeah, she's so already Anne says, actually, she is. She already goes to Merman. Yeah, she is very gifted. Yeah. This is a yeah, that's a weird response. Um, I looked up Merman, um, expecting it to like it to, to, that the notable alumni would be like uh, heavy hitters, but like it's not. It's not. Special. Oh, is that a real school? Yeah, it's a real like oh, school for the gifted. Say, I looked up Merman. All I saw was pictures of Eris. <laughs> No, no, it's a uh, yeah, Harris. Um, it's uh, it's a real uh, school for the gifted in, in LA. Uh, there were there were like a few people out there that was like you know relatively famous, but it's not like some like crazy roster. Do they not they list uh, the daughter of uh, the Michaelsons? They do not. Oh, lame. Um, if there's a Wikipedia article, we should add it. <laughs> Larry, uh, Larry seems to be is a little surprised that such a bright girl didn't realize that yeah. the hair on her doll would grow back if yeah. you cut it off. <laughs> um, to which Anne merely responds that she has a vivid imagination. So they drive back to Jeff's house, and Susie is waiting in the driveway for them, and she is pissed. She says they know they took the doll head. Where is it? This kid is home hysterical because her doll Judy has been hysterical. Because you two sickos took the head for God, the head for God knows what reason, some voodoo shit that you're doing. Where is it? Yeah, Larry well, here, Star- yeah. You said before that you think Larry and Jeff should have just been honest. I'm going to go the other direction. Why don't Larry and Jeff just lie? Lie is no idea what you're talking about. to all the world's problems. Like, here they totally fold to Susie. Why would they just say, like, what the hell are you talking about? What reason would Susie have to suspect them? There's hundreds well, they were, of dolls in that room. Why well, they were just say, in that room for no reason, and all of a sudden, a head is missing. So, like, out of hundreds I, of dolls, though? Like, why would Susie think that Larry and Jeff snuck into Sammy's room to steal the head of a doll? Because she knows they were in there for some very bizarre reason. They could have just been that they were they, – because Jeff went into the house to get something from who knows his porn collection. And then right. he heard Susie coming and he ran to hide into, into Sammy's room because he thought that's a place that Susie wouldn't expect to see him. Like there's yeah. many other lies they could have given. But to just say yeah, – to, to sort of acquiesce and fold and say, yeah, OK, fine. We'll go find the doll head is crazy to me. Yeah. I hear you. Um, you think that he should be more honest and I think he should lie better. <laughs> Yeah, all right. We have different approaches to the yeah. episode. Uh, she tells, uh, she yells at Larry, "Stop scratching your balls and tell me where it is. Just get me the fucking head, all right, both yeah. of you, because I've had it. You four-eyed fuck and you fat piece of shit. Get me the head." <laughs> yeah. So they're uh, they're back in the car. They're nervous. They don't know what to do. Jeff suggests maybe we go back to Michaelson, but Larry says there's no way she's going to give back that head. Larry keeps scratching. Uh, he says his penis itches. He suggests maybe they can get the short-haired version for Michaelson. Jeff said, yeah, that works. There's no way Susie and Sammy will know the difference. They're not going to remember the uh, the length of the hair. Very overconfident about that. Yeah. If, if they noticed instantly the missing doll head on yeah. hundreds of dolls. Given your uh, track record so far, you should be a little less, less confident about your heists, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jeff thinks uh, Larry's having an allergic reaction to the doll. Larry says, that's great. Now I have to go to a doctor and tell the doctor I stuck a doll's head down my pants, doctor. It feels good to me. Uh, very much like the uh, proctologist. I don't know how it got there, doctor. Million to one. Million yeah. to one. Uh, so we're back over. There's a lot of just driving back and forth between these houses in the middle of this episode. It's not uh, not that typical. Um, so Anne opens the door again. She's surprised. Like, why is Larry back? What's going on? He, uh, he asks her if he can have the short hair doll. She's very confused. And he just says that he likes it, which is a very creepy answer to give. Here's an, another example where some version of the truth is like, listen, the doll that I got you, the person that I, I took it from, like, is a little upset about it. But like, it's fine. I just if I can replace it with that doll, it'll all be good. And like, she should just hand it over. Like, that's yeah. a perfectly reasonable would, would explanation. Would have been a much more reasonable explanation. Then like, oh, it, I like the doll, like, which is <laughs> obviously going to just make her think Larry is a creeper. Yeah. 
Um, she says she'll go look to see if we still have it. And Larry says, I'm going to go use the bathroom again. Yeah. He goes in. He takes his pants down. To, uh, you know, kind of, he wants to inspect his penis, see what's going on with the rash. At that moment, Amy walks in, and she's very grossed out. Yeah, like um, she should be apologetic. It's very strange how she acts disgusted at having walked in at Larry. Like, you're the one who walked into a bathroom. And also, by the way, like Michelson, if she's in this house so frequently, why didn't she knock on the door before going in? Yeah. Yeah, she should have gone. Right. She, she, knows, she knows there's a repairman there today working yeah, on the lot. If anything, because... by the way, if she doesn't, for all she knows, the repairman could be on the inside squeezing into the door. And by opening the door, which opens inward, she could have bashed the door into him. So to not knock yeah. there, uh, she, she retakes the lead over the Michelsons for worse purposes. Oh, yeah. Very inconsiderate. Um, so Anne comes down. She gives Larry the doll. He admires the short hair. Amy comes back out. She tells Anne, you won't believe what I just saw. Which, like, what did you see? You, fine, so you saw Larry's penis with a rash on it. Like, it's not like Larry did it. Like, yeah, he has a penis. Well, it is a little bit unusual to be in a, in a stranger's house for one minute and, and be checking out your penis in the mirror. Yeah, but like, I guess. She could have thought that Larry was right. masturbating or something. Right. I guess that's right. I guess that's what that makes sense. Like, she thought he was doing something creepy, which, again, like, they're, they're establishing that they're, they're already seeing him as a creepy guy. Yeah. Um, so we head back over to Jeff's house. Jeff gives Susie the head. Uh, she's fine at first, but she thinks something is just, like, not quite right, but they assure her everything is good. Everything is not good. Yes. So we head over to uh, screening part two, the second night. Jeff is uh, together with Larry and Cheryl. They ask if Larry, uh, Jeff asks Larry if, he, if his assistant is dating anyone. Larry shoots it down right away. He says it's too weird. Cheryl says to be quiet because Susie is over there and they can he- she can hear that like you're talking about being interested in other women. Um, they see the Michelsons and the girl is there holding the doll. She looks very happy. She's great. She's very delighted to have her Judy back. They wave hello awkwardly to each other. Cheryl says uh, seeing him makes her sick. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, awkwardness going back and forth between the the Davids and the Michaelsons. Um, all of a sudden, Susie looks across the room. She sees the doll and obvi- all of a sudden realizes what has happened, and she mouths the words to Jeff and Larry. I know what you two did. You cut the hair. You fucking sick fucks. Yes. Uh, Larry Larry quickly excuses himself to go to the bathroom. Once again, passing by Amy. Uh, he uh, he realizes the bathroom is still not fixed. What 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 is this repairman doing? Should this should it be should there be a lock now? It's yeah. not that I put a lock. I'm, I am you know famously unhandy. I put a, a doorknob with a lock on one of the doors of my house last week. It took like twenty five minutes. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over here. Yeah, this professional is going back and forth a lot. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there should the guy was there in the afternoon. There should be a lock on the door. Um, anyway, uh, he asks Cheryl's, uh, to check the women's room. Oh, sorry. This is a different, this is, sorry, my bad. This is not at the house. They're at the screening. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. My fault. Um, ignore that. Larry, uh. So Although, it's, no, it did take away too long, though. But, yeah. Yeah, but we're, yeah, they, we're, not, yeah, we're yeah, okay. Anyway, he asks Cheryl, uh, can you check what's going on in the women's room? Is anyone there? The, uh, men's room smells terrible. Cheryl goes. She says there's no one there. She agrees to, do- to, uh, guard the door. But she uh, quickly gets a smile on her face. Uh, she has a smell of revenge, and she walks away, leaving Larry vulnerable. Uh, Larry finishes up. He puts a cold bottle of water in his pants to uh, cool on. off his I, rash. Why would Cheryl yeah. intentionally screw over her husband by ditching the door? Like, given the intentionality of this act, I think this nominates her for worst person because, like, the risk of publicly embarrassing him to get back at him for what he did to her, like, unintentionally, it would also cause significant splashback on Cheryl as the wife. Yeah, no, it's not like the smart decision, but yeah. she, uh, you know, she feels like she le- he left her blind side open, and uh, she's going to do the same to him now. I guess so. It just seems like a, the wrong place in which to do it. 
Oh, yeah, no, revenge is uh, usually not fulfilling, and this is very petty of her. Yes. Uh, but anyway, Larry finishes up. He puts a cold bottle of water in his pants to cool off the uh, itchy region. Yeah. Uh, right, Kramer will try this in Seinfeld when he's having <laughs> yeah. a drink into a theater. Yeah, the, the, uh, the so daughter. Doesn't well for him either. She, uh, well, I the guess daughter, does because he gets yeah. uh, coffee for life, cafe lattes. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, the daughter walks in, uh, milk and milk and coffee in the same cup. <laughs> she uh, she thanks Larry for the doll. They hug. She recoils in horror, runs out and yells, "Mommy, that bald man is in the bathroom, and there's something hard in his pants." Yes. We hear gasps, and the episode comes to a close. Well, the episode comes to a close as Larry, uh, freaking out in the bathroom hearing this, decides to escape through attempt to escape through a small window in the bathroom. Yes. Now, are we meant to believe that Larry successfully escaped through that window? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Also, like, they know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, well, the Michelsons do, but not the other hundred people in that lobby who just heard that. Okay, fair enough. If he can escape, it's a it's the right decision to try. It's a win. Yeah, you, you, you'll take your chances. Maybe you can work something out. Yeah, I just don't see Larry climbing out a window. Who knows? Yeah, I guess they're on a low floor, but who knows? All right, off. What's your ranking for this episode? I'm going to give it a, a 4.0 out of 5. As I said, I think it's a very strong episode. Uh, there's really, like, nothing wasted in this episode. Like, the whole, everything, as I said, like, there's just a lot of driving back and forth, which can be feel a little monotonous at times. But there's just, like, no extraneous scenes. There's just, like, really, like, one storyline that kind of weaves its way through the whole episode. Um, and, you know, I think it's a very good episode, some really great moments. Uh, but I don't think it's the best episode of Curb. I think we've seen a couple better episodes as well. Yeah, I'm I'm a lower than you. I'll give it a three and a half. Pretty, 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 pretty good. And and honestly, I don't know if I'd. Ha- I think I'm slightly influenced by by all the other high rankings. Although to be fair, when I did my own rankings a couple of years ago, I had it uh, very high up as well. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure what I saw so much then or what everyone else sees. Susie is peak Susie in this episode. Yeah, she's very good. And maybe that's part of it. But I don't know. To me, it's a bit slow. And I, I just think it's overrated. I enjoy when there's more varied, uh, you know, storylines. Here, there's really only two storylines, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think there's reasonable criticisms on this episode. I don't think it's anything close to perfect, but I think it is very good and has some very funny moments. Yeah, I hope when we get to the mailbag, if some of the listeners also really, really love it. Because I'm just curious to hear what it is that people love so much, you know, uh, to consider it an all-timer. Yeah, uh, we will see. All right. Who is your come with guy? Um, I th- I was thinking I was gonna go with Jeff here, um, just because he's kind of just like down for whatever. Like he's like you know let's go to the party, let's go for dinner. Uh, Larry says you know we need to replace the doll. He like hatches this scheme. We're gonna go over there. We're gonna steal it. We're gonna replace it. You know he's he's trying to make things happen. No, you're absolutely right. He and this is his second episode in the row for me. Because last week you gave it to the acupuncturist, but I gave it to Jeff for the same reason. He's up for anything. He willingly attends both parts of what seems like a snooze fest. He's an all right, great come with guy. He offers up his daughter's doll immediately. So, yeah, good job on Jeff. And uh, with both of us voting for him, if I can update the come with guy standings, Jeff now takes the lead over Cheryl with uh, two and a half total come with guy points. All right. Well, uh, something tells me that this uh, this series is going to be a uh, a long battle for the heart of Larry David between the Jeff on one one shoulder and Cheryl on the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he passes be... Cheryl. Cheryl, who we we both agreed was the come with gal in the premiere episode and episode four of this season, which was the shrimp incident. 
Uh, Jeff, however, who we both agreed was the, I guess we counted it, that he was the come with guy in the special, that uh, I guess episode zero or whatever we call it. And then this episode, right. and then last week I gave it to him, so he got a half vote last week. So that's how he is. He's, he's leading Cheryl two and a half to two. All right. We'll keep our eye on that. Jason Alexander, by the way, third with one and a half. Oh, interesting. That's that's a very good uh, batting average for him. Yes. I don't think he will uh, stay close with Jeff and Cheryl. And <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they might have an advantage. Yeah. Uh, who uh, We discussed this a lot throughout the episode, but who's the worst person? Uh, the worst person, I think, is Amy. Yeah. She's just she's just like out to get like she's just like she doesn't do a single good thing in this episode. She just like has an axe to grind for Larry for some unexplained reason and just is like constantly trying to get him in trouble. Yeah, she's terrible. Uh, nothing else I can say. I, I, yeah, uh, she's very very bad. And um, you know we discussed this. Rita Wilson is a high profile celebrity who plays a character just like Ed Asner did last week, but I don't yeah. think she's going to surpass Ed Asner. No, and I I don't know exactly how famous she was around at that time. Yeah. Well, uh, I think sure. I mentioned this last week. If, did you see Fish in the Dark? Yes. Yeah, so Rita Wilson played Larry David's wife when he did a Broadway show. Uh-huh. So he obviously is a big fan of hers. Yeah, I'm looking. Let's see. She was in That Thing You Do. I don't know. I don't remember what her role was in that. Well, didn't Tom Hanks direct that? Yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense. She was in Sleepers in Seattle. All right, so she was you know, she was in some stuff that she would be recognizable from, but... I mean, to be honest, she's not like that uh, that famous of an actress anyway. She's in like some stuff, but yeah, she's obviously she's not like a major uh, star of any sort. Yeah, should we uh, head over to the postman? Uh, postman, uh, postman, uh, come uh, here. here Tell the neighborhood, Mister McFeely. <laughs> All right, we have uh, we have we have some good emails this week. First email is from Stacy Molly. I'm hoping you're pronouncing your name right. Uh, she writes, hey, guys, I just started rewatching Curb from the beginning, so I'm happy to have your podcast, which looks like you are just getting started. Great timing. I wanted to let you know that you mentioned in Ted and Mary that Larry never tried to date Mary, and that seemed like a missed opportunity in the plot. Much later in the series when Cheryl is dating Ted, Larry does approach Mary about dating him. Mary puts Larry off and tells him she is just not physically attracted to Larry's type. As the show ends, Larry spies Mary walking hand-in-hand with a man looking amazingly similar to him. Just thought I would let you guys know. Couldn't find the exact season or episode, but I remember it. Enjoying the podcast. I look forward to following with you soon. So uh, that is something that we said on the podcast, and then I believe Jason sent in an email saying the exact same thing that Stacy just told us, and I believe we then read that email on the podcast. So hopefully by now, Stacy, you've uh, reached the uh, following episode of the one after that where we have uh, corrected that error. But thank you for writing in, and we hope that you will – Continue catching up with us. Yeah, but she's right. That was a bad miss by us the first time. Yeah, we, uh, we just completely forgot about that. Yeah, not a good job by us. Um, the next email comes from Tim Hutchinson. This is a, this is a very good email. Uh, Hold on a second. Last week I said that before the episode, and then I got your hopes up. So Yeah, this is a good email. Okay. Uh, he writes, I'm Tim Hutchinson, and I often forget to lock the door when I go to the bathroom. I'm right, giving last week's, last week's podcast three pretties out of five. At one hour, 16 minutes, it was easily the longest of the series to date, and it could have been tightened up. The storyline where Av bizarrely and unsuccessfully tried to reference an old movie character was confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was that? I don't even remember when I did that. I'm going to have to listen back. Yeah. <laughs> Equally, the long-winded debate about how Jewish or not the funeral scene was. This was rambling with no real payoff at the end. On the plus side, <laughs> I 
I think your assessment that the attack Puxerus was one of the weaker curb episodes is spot on. You also referenced Acapulco several times, a place name I've always found amusing. This was the third best of the six podcasts so far this season. <laughs> My come with guy was off for hilariously expressing relief at Chester's statement that holiday with his sister was different experience that holiday with his girlfriend <laughs> the worst episode of the episode was chester friend yes! to being a diehard carlton fan in aussie rules football aye, aye, aye. what is it with uh, why are all the australians mad at me for being a carlton fan i don't know i don't know the politics yeah i have i will have to speak to uh an australian person on another podcast they do next week and uh yes. ask her about that yes that's a that's um, a, a, a hint i'm dropping oh i got it um with regard to this week's curb episode the doll I note that various online lists rank this episode among the best, even if not the best. I can't agree. I find children trying to act jarring when deciding which movies to go and see. I study the advertising material of all current attractions, and if there's ever even a suspicion that a child <laughs> has a pivotal role, it weighs heavily against any interest in seeing that movie. I hear that The Sixth Sense and E.T. are good films, but I will never know. <laughs> Tim, Tim is quickly climbing the ranks. Yeah, that was a phenomenal email. So <laughs> if I, in this oh, case, still, to raise my expectations, but Tim surpassed them. Yeah, he's still going. He's, we still got some more. If I oh, wanted sorry. to watch Bad Child acting, I'd watch my nine-year-old pretend to have a stomachache on Monday morning before school. <laughs> Taking into account the automatic two pretty child acting deduction, I'm giving this otherwise very strong episode two and a half pretties out of five. So he's basically <laughs> saying this was a 4.5, but it lost one pretty <laughs> for each child that appeared. Fair enough. Ex- excellent email, Tim. Yeah, that was very good. Um, I expect next, one of those every week. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, just rate rate the podcast. Um, <laughs> Zach writes in. He says Jeff is the come guy. This Jeff is the come with guy this week. No reason for him to help Larry out as much as he did. I've never understood why Jeff would marry someone as awful as Susie. Nothing could be worse than that treatment. It's almost as baffling as a bathroom with no lock. Four pretties out of five. All right, and finally, uh, taking us home. Olin Allen, he says, well, what is there to say? I remember this being a better, a belter, a belter, a belter of an episode, but haven't revisited for a long time, and it held up. That ending may as well be on the, my Mount Rushmore of sitcom episode endings. It oh, would wow. also easily make my Mount Rushmore of the Mr. and Mrs. Tom Hanks works. Oh, wow. Now, now that's a bold take. That's a hot take. I remember first time seeing it, and that cringe situation just wowed me, and it still holds up almost half of my lifetime later. All the different strands of the plot blended seamlessly. That is definitely true, and build up to the great finale. There's a lot, it's just like a lot of forward momentum towards just like one payoff. Yeah. Uh, the young girl's delivery and Larry's reaction gel wonderfully at the end, added a bonus that actor Larry having a mild at his pants for this scene probably made it a lot less awkward to shoot. We get to see Su- Susie in a wonderful outfit. In great form with her great Western showdown theme music, and Jeff as well seemed good fun this time. Couple of points: Is this the first time we see Sammy, and referred to as a girl rather than as a son originally? Yes, I think that is correct. It's the first time we see her. I'm not sure if she's been referred to as a girl before. Yeah, I think the only other time that she is mentioned is in the episode where Larry gets yelled at for not going to see the baby. Well, that's where she's referred to as a boy, so. and she's referred to as a boy. Yeah. Um, obviously, we we later learned that uh, it's because she was uh, she's transitioning. Yes. Also, obviously, this show shares its title with a Seinfeld episode, of course. Usually, I would expect Seinfeld show titles to be more iconic, but I think in this case, the curb wins out. I think he's right about that. You know what? He influenced me a little bit, uh, Olin. I, I think that, yeah, Larry's sort of freaking out in the bathroom and making a, a, you know, a dive for the window is probably more memorable than I give it credit for. 
Yeah, it's a good, it's a very good ending, and, and yeah. Uh, the, the, like we've we've noted that some ep- some episodes have just like very abrupt endings. This one like does a lot of work to like get you to that ending. Like it's it's like it all the different elements of the plot, the both the rash and the doll, everything kind of, and the and the girl and the bathroom, like it all comes comes together for that for that climax. Yeah, in a way that like we haven't really seen done that well until now. Yep. So I, I uh, wouldn't say it's an all-timer, but I think that Olin did influence me slightly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I gave it three and a half rather than three. Yeah. Um, he says, come with gal is Susie. She was true to herself, stood up for Sammy, maybe a bit bad, but admittedly kind of had kind of bad girl hot. With considering Jeff and probably from Larry's view, he is. But Susie certainly seemed like a parent who was sticking up for their child. The villain is Amy, had several confrontations with Larry, couldn't fault her for some of the later ones with the bathroom, but at the screening was way above her station when Larry was just taking water in. Then seemed extremely eager to get the Michael's child furious at Larry and make a show rather than console her. Given how quick that escalated, she probably saw the doll and immediately looked to blame Larry and make the young girl feel bad. Her ranking is a full five out of five, just like your wow. last podcast episode on the acupuncturist. Oh, wow. So two of our emails um, rated... Our last episode, so and quite uh, differently, quite differently. Um, yeah, but Olin didn't give us the worst person in our come with guy. Should we? Um, should we have our children come on and do the next episode in order to piss off Tim? Yeah, <laughs> he will give us zero pretties. <laughs> yeah, all right, we don't want to do that. Yeah, let me ask you what what do we assume happens? Is, is Susie just okay with the head having been given to the Michaelsons? Does she not demand the full haired uh, Judy doll head back? Um, she very well might. I don't know what's, what's going to proceed from here. I mean, it's it's certainly not in her interest to, because as I said earlier, you know. Yeah, you think she cares way more about Jeff's child al- than I think. Although at this point, it's probably over anyway. Like they they, they now think Larry molested their child in the bathroom, so yeah. they'll probably he's probably not good. for no reason. By the way, Cheryl, I does deserve more consideration for worse person. These are the consequences caused entirely by Cheryl. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's a but for cause of yeah. everything that bad that happens here. Yeah. I'm glad you got back at your husband for him forgetting the door for a second. Great yeah, job, you, you, yeah, you win. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of winners, look at that segue. Next week, we uh, have, I would argue, the most famous person to come on the show yet. Uh, and that's not a spoiler because the name of the episode is Shaq. Yeah. Um, I, uh, if, you, if you follow my Twitter, I just tweeted at Shaq and asked him if he wants to come on next week. So um, tune in next week. We may have Shaq on or we may not. There's really no way to know until you tune in next week. Yeah. Um, 50, Larry's. 50. Yeah, Larry's going to uh, attend a Lakers game, and he's uh, he's going to have an interaction with Shaq that is not great. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq, a diehard fan of Seinfeld. Who knew? Yes, who knew? Um, yeah, I mean Shaq. You know, I would say he. You know, when it comes to Shaq and basketball, he was pretty, 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 pretty good. 